You ready, Rudy? (laughs) (laughs) Woof, woof. There you go. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly show about the show Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Brazell, podcasting from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the ranch in Manchac, Texas. And on Fridays, we bring you fun TBTL-related content like interviews with fans and themed clip shows. But this is Monday when we buckle down and recap. Sometimes even celebrate the content of the previous week's shows. I can't do it all by myself, so I'm joined today from Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota by I-35 buddy Ann Lundholm. Hello, Ann. Hello, Mike. And joining us also on the I-35 corridor from Animal Rescue Studios in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I like to say Dallas like Bobby does. <laughs> Dallas, Texas is Meredith all the way. Mayhan, good afternoon, Eminem. Good afternoon, Mike. As usual, we will handle our LRB business uh, before recapping the week. Then housekeeping will come and knocking on the door. And finally, we'll let you all know how to get involved with the show, if that's your wish. So let's get all up in our business. Um, what is going on in our world today? Well, on Friday, we dropped a 10 interview show with Felicia Powell. Uh, Meredith and I talked to Felicia. And Meredith, wouldn't you agree she was great? Oh, she was a delight. Mm -hmm. Yep. We talked about some geeky things and we talked about some serious things and um, about getting involved in local politics. And then we listened to a clip about Luke and Andrew pretending that they were reenacting the fourth hour of the Today (laughs) Show. (laughs) That is one of my favorite clips that we've had because it was amazing. Yeah. I've listened to the uh, interview part of it so far, and she's a really interesting person. She has yeah, a lot she of, is. Mm-hmm. A lot of interests. And if it wasn't clear, this is an all-ladies show. I know some people are into that, so give it a listen. Yeah. I usually don't allow that in, I my, know. in my fiefdom. We went behind Mike's back to make this yeah, happen. You absolutely did. It it works when it requires me doing no no work. I, I'm Then I'm I'm okay with an all-ladies show. We just show. don't tell him and he doesn't notice. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> I'm softening on it. It's fine. Idea, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. I had a great time talking to Felicia and it was a great clip. And so I encourage people to go back and listen to that. Um, beyond that, our other LRB business is a couple of throw your phone moments. As usual, we got a good crop and we have several that I think need to be addressed at the beginning of the show here. Uh, from Kirsten, she says, I'm ready for a new donor of the day song just so they can stop talking about the stupid chime at the beginning of this one. You two are the only ones who can hear it unless you crank the volume all the way up. That's the only way the rest of us can even hear the chime. Enough. Guys, I finally heard the the chime on the the Nick Jarn show. I finally heard it. When they do crank it up all the way, you can hear it. And then I'm like, okay, so what? still not really a topic (laughs) the only person who cares is andrew and he just he can't it's like picking at a scab at this point (laughs) yeah luke indulges him so i think probably only three or four more months of this 
and he'll <laughs> get over it. <laughs> um, another comment that may need a little bit more discussion from Farron. She says, okay, so not exactly throwing my phone, but am I the only person to find the new timing of the ad placement for the last week or two grading? I mean, I get that someone probably said, hey, if it takes you 40 minutes to get to top stories, then we're going to go ahead and need you to break into your own ramblings for a commercial break. <laughs> but it still feels awkward to be like, hold on, let's take a break and come back to this somewhat random tangent. Just me? I get it if it's just me. Discuss. Farron, it is not just you. I find this so awkward. And it's just like she said, of course, they're trying, and Andrew has stated they're trying to do a thing where they get to the ad break a little bit earlier. But it's so strange to just break in the middle of a story. It feels like it's really early. And I know that's on purpose. But so I feel I, I'm kind of of two minds. Like I know they have to do this and they have to do it at some point. And obviously they can't make everybody happy because it seems like what, whatever they do, someone's complaining about their ads, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I agree. It does. It feels like they're interrupting themselves to hit this time point. If I were an advertiser, I would definitely want want this to be my ad. But as a listener... It's uh, yeah. It's a little jarring how quickly they have to do it, and and how and the way they the way they've been doing it. Like you said, they're it's like they're interrupting their own conversation. There's, mm -hmm. It's not at a natural point, and they don't balance it very well. There were a couple of times this week where you know it was ten minutes of story, then ad, and then thirty seconds of wrapping up the story. Like mm -hmm. they just came back and were like, "Well, actually, did I put it on the top of the?" She shows she here. Oh yeah, Andrew said today on Friday after Luke wrapped up whatever story he was telling after the ad. I didn't expect it to go anywhere, but I thought it would take longer to get nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> because Luke just basically had one sentence left of the story. So I agree. Mm -hmm. It's I think they're figuring out the balance, or Luke just needs to be more disciplined. Ha <laughs> ha with mm -hmm. his his stories. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. No, we won't. And uh the third throw your phone moment that we got I just thought was fun from Kalina. She said currently catching up from the recap shows. I may or may not have given up trying to catch up on this month's TBTLs and I'm using you guys as my listening proxy and I was taking a bite of my dinner right at the moment that Anne asked Mike if he bites the toenails of his amputated foot. <laughs> Yeah. I just love you guys. <laughs> Sorry, Kalina. Oops. <laughs> Can't promise not to do it again. Well, not until you get a satisfactory answer, I guess. No, no, that's true. I told you and told you and told you you should have saved that foot. So many things we could have done with it. You mean both of them? I could have made for a good Halloween costume or a Halloween oh, prop goodness, or something. If we ever do, if we ever do... um go to a, a costume party or if we if we were ever in a place where we had a lot of trick-or-treaters i would definitely use ellie's idea for a costume and that is dress the girls up the dogs up as sharks and then i would have a surfboard and <laughs> mm -hmm. you know my wheelchair yeah i don't need much more than that they each get one leg is that how it, how, how it goes they each got one leg yeah. i think or maybe we maybe yeah we we have we have some uh giant Deer antlers that look like legs or something. <laughs> All right. We have plenty of more Throw Your Phones coming up in the rest of the recap. And uh, so uh, why don't we get into it? Oh, but first, I'd like to take a minute and talk to you about 
Quip toothbrushes. Our good friends over at Quip <laughs> toothbrush. That was far too natural, actually. <laughs> Have you ever looked at your Sonicare and thought, gosh, that just seems so bulky. I don't nope, know if I sure want haven't. that in my bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I, could, I might not be strong enough for this giant, giant Sonicare that I have. Uh, Meredith, you and I, as as ladies, we have these delicate wrists and like noodly sure. weak arms. How are we ever expected to hold our toothbrush to our teeth for two minutes? True. I I, I really enjoyed that they pointed out the unique feature of the Quip toothbrush, and that is the two minute timer, thirty second intervals <laughs> that my Sonicare has had for the last yeah. I don't can't even remember how many years. Revolutionary. Now, yeah. <laughs> Mike, men like you are very manly and strong, so yeah, holding it up to your mouth is not a problem for the amount of time. But you're really interested in design. You want something that's <laughs> sleeker and, and better looking and more artisanal in your bathroom. Probably, and then I could then I could just take my Sonicare and start doing doing curls with it. You know, repurpose it. <laughs> right. Yep. And so, what they say about Quip is that it's like brushing your teeth with an iPhone. Which I think is a visual that's very helpful for all of us. Well, if you stir your drink with one, why not brush your teeth with one? Mm. Absolutely. So, uh, oh, let me say, never, ever, ever go to getquip.com unless you want it to show up in all your Facebook feeds and all your side-scrolling ads and all your pop-up things on everything you ever look at. (laughs) Quip, they're on their, their social media game yep but i wanted to see exactly how much this would cost we all know just five dollars every three months for replacement heads so it looks like if you get a single quip it's just sixty dollars per annum to brush my teeth with something that definitely does not look like a vibrator (laughs) well now now i gotta go look (laughs) getquip.com i really should have done that in the middle of something Right, we're in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, you did. You chose a really good time, unfortunately. <laughs> I gotta work on that. All right, yeah. let's go to the weekend review for real Monday, number twenty four ninety five. Are you ready for some swimming? I'd like to preface this discussion by saying that we've had some criticism in the past that we may be a little too harsh on Luke and Andrew. Um, some really well put criticism from a good friend of the show who I believe said that they felt like sometimes we were bringing the heat but not the light, which I took very much to heart and I've tried to be very positive. So I would like to say with all peace and love, if you are a person who thinks that we are too harsh on Luke and Andrew, you're going to want to fast forward about five minutes or so (laughs) because I have some things to say. If your phone still works, that (laughs) is. About these whitening (laughs) fucking mouth guards. (laughs) Let's start off with the throw your phones on that. We did get quite a few from Don. Luke, are you fucking kidding me with the tooth whitening on air? I want to punch your teeth out of your head. Oh. I know. It's a very extreme response. Crit said... The first 15 minutes of Monday's show where Luke's trying on or wearing his tooth whitening trays in his mouth and talking all about it may be the most aggressive begging me to stop listening to the show that I've heard yet. Yet I still listen. It's insane that there have been 2,500 shows. Of course, not all of them are so goddamn pointless. At least that's what I tell myself. (laughs) And then I think Joel had the most concise comment. 
the teeth whitening thing, the whole fucking thing. That's all. When we started talking about this in the chat, and I said that this was so terrible, um, it was Phyllis who was sort of thinking that I meant because I was grossed out by it. And she's like, well, yeah, I listened to the Howard Stern producers talk about their diarrhea, so my bar is a little lower (laughs) or higher, whichever, for grossness. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not mad because I thought it was gross, because I don't care. It doesn't bother me when people eat on the air. I don't have the misophonia or anything. This upset me because it was so unprofessional. This is a person who is paid by a large media corporation to speak content into a microphone and make a recording and sell, send it mm-hmm. out to people who pay for it, who support it. And this is what he did. This is such lack of respect for the people who listen to his show. I like, I don't even, what's the point? And he didn't do it because it was funny or interesting or brought anything to the conversation. He did it because he just got the dental whitening kit and he wanted to use it right away. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want to do it in the car on the way to the airport, which he was just about to go. He would have had plenty of time to do it, but but uh, he couldn't, it was either either like being a little kid with a new toy and you can't wait, or he didn't, he thought he would be embarrassed to do that in a lift car <laughs> and not in front of all of us. You know, it's, it's the show off demon versus the embarrassment. He doesn't even like to talk to his lift drivers, though. <laughs> he has to talk to us, like contractually obligated to yeah. talk to us. Or here's yeah. the thought, do it in your hotel room. When you get to where and talk you're going. to nobody, yeah, I, it's crazy to me that he thought that this was acceptable in any way, and it annoyed me that he was somehow thinking that he had to do it right now because one application was going to make his teeth glistening white for his <laughs> sure. TV gig the next day, and then he drank a cup of coffee immediately after taking them out. Yeah, he just undid all the work he maybe did. Well, that stuff doesn't taste good. You want to wash it out of your mouth with some delicious coffee. Some delicious cold coffee. (laughs) Well, Christy said that she has done that exact same whitening treatment. And she says, it says in the directions, don't drink coffee or red wine afterwards. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. not that we're pretending that Or probably ever if if you want to keep your teeth (laughs) pristinely wet. Right. So he came up with the stupid idea, born of vanity, that he forced on the show that he knew was stupid because he said this is probably going to make some people mad that Andrew was clearly uncomfortable with and didn't Mm -hmm. want him to do then said oh well it's too late now I might as well do it for the next 20 minutes no it's not too late you could have taken him out and then within 30 seconds he did something to completely undo any benefit he may have got for it and I just think that that is totally (laughs) and completely unacceptable and if I was a donor of the day for that day I would want my money back, frankly. This is the first time I've ever thought, why am I paying for this? You know, mm-hmm. they wow. can talk about whatever they want to talk about. They can talk about poop. They can talk about pet stuff. They can talk about house stuff. They can talk about smoking and anxieties about life. And that's fine. I don't get to dictate that. But the manner in which this was presented really made me angry. And it made me think, why am I listening to this? And so I'm really upset and really disappointed. Oh, God, I sound like my mom. 
clearly in from the throw your phone moments, your reaction. Um, and we, we got an email from someone who is a very close friend of the show has appeared on this show multiple times who is quitting yeah. TBTL, not LRB, but quitting TBTL. And it, not necessarily because of that specific incident, but because of frustration from the way they've been handling themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, sounds like it was the last straw for this listener. Yeah. And, but what, and your response to, to that listener was really great. And I think one thing that I took away from it is um, if there were a way for them to just take down their defensiveness mm-hmm. for a minute, but you said you, you, you felt that their defensiveness is rooted in insecurity. So it's never going to be there. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, it's like how many people use humor as a defense mechanism. Like if I make fun of myself first, then other people can't make mm-hmm. fun of me. And so they spend mm-hmm. so much time criticizing themselves and talking about how lame they are and how stupid this is and they can't believe that anybody listens that I think it's so deeply rooted inside them that sense of insecurity that if anybody from the outside actually confirms those deep fears, they just can't they can't allow that to be said or it just confirms all that roiling sadness and fear inside them and that's terrible and i speak from a place of experience with that that's why i'm in therapy well you know you know what i've noticed too is when when they say those things about themselves and about the show i hear them enough times i start to believe them right you know what i mean mm-hmm. like okay you hate this so much should why am i liking it like why am i listening to this maybe i shouldn't do that anymore like they need to stop doing that it's 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 a real letdown yep and if this was still an independent podcast and it was just Luke and Andrew scratching it out at the margins, then whatever. But they have a real chance here with APM. I don't see them doing anything to really build listenership. And I fear that stuff like this is going to drive people away. And I tell you what, if I was Steve Nelson or Nate Toby or whoever, and I was looking to add a daily podcast to my lineup and I was presented with this tooth whitening thing, I would pass. Mm-hmm. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't, I think, I think that their position is precarious enough that they need to try to put out a, a better product at this point. Yeah. The, um, I know I've said before that, uh, I, that, Luke doesn't take criticism well. I've never offered any um, criticism or suggestions about the show to Andrew, but Luke, you know, for example, this was many, many years ago when um, I think Jen was doing the show on Skype and they were doing listener birthdays. And I just, I didn't care for it. So I sent an email to Luke, you know, and and, and it wasn't even about that, but but I threw that in. I'm like, Man, this birthday stuff. <laughs> are we are we really doing this? <laughs> right? And such a defensive reaction. Is that what started too. all that? Because I remember hearing him say, like, I know everyone hates this. Probably, yeah, because it was got, probably just you making one an email. comment that you didn't love it. <laughs> right. Good one email Lord. from me, just like this is fragile. Pointless, you know. <laughs> if you're gonna name people, name the people that contribute to your show, you know. Yeah. Rather than just somebody who happened to 
age, you know, which we're all doing. And so, and they have said several times now since they coined that term, the most fragile men in podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because you say it doesn't mean it's okay. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try to change it. You know, like they're yeah. celebrating it instead yeah. of working on it. Yeah. It's not a positive quality. It's great that you've acknowledged it and you know it, but now you got to take steps to fix it. I mean, do you want to have this show? Do you want to run this business or not? I just, I, that would be some interesting podcasting too, listening to them talk about how they've tried to change. <laughs> you know, there's so little going on in their lives right now. <laughs> like that would make for some interesting content, I think. Well, yeah, like Andrew, outside of working on TBTL, I mean, he's basically a, a shut in. Yeah. And I know I'm kind of a shut in as well. And I, I, I couldn't sustain. Oh, God, <laughs> sustain no. Seven, eight hours a week of talking, talking about, about nothing. Yeah. Right. I can't come up with one story for this show. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey, you guys know how hard it is to to unload the dishwasher when you're in a wheelchair? Let's do about 25 minutes on that. Amazon won't stop sending me toilet paper I didn't order. Oh, so frustrating, right? <laughs> All right. Um, so in a nutshell, that was the tooth whitening issue. I'm going to mm. be happier now. I'm going to pull the nose up on that negativity train, and we're going to go mm-hmm. forward and appreciate TBTL. And hope that they can make some changes. I don't know. All right. Luke is amazed at how much dental technology has developed since he was getting his first fillings back in the day. Mm. Um, We find out he doesn't know the term dental dam, which is odd. Mm -hmm. Uh, And does any does any man really know what a dental dam is? It's for for getting down with the ladies and staying safe, y'all. Yeah. But. (laughs) Who would ever? I don't know. Where do you... uh, Who knows? (laughs) I can forgive him for this one. And the only amusing thing that came out of this whole teeth whitening talk was that he went through the Starbucks drive-thru and he had the whitening kit sitting on the chair next to him or on the seat next to him and the syringe-like applicators were sitting out and the barista was giving him a weird look about it. Oh, I'm sure the barista cared. I'm sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Top story of the day was this story that they teased last week and never got to about the, uh, I called him an airline creeper who was watching a professor grade exams in flight and then tweeted out to Taiwan Jones that he had failed the exam. Luz wants to know if this is a gross invasion of privacy and Andrew's like, no, it's just funny. I have to agree with Andrew. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah. Um, but his BS meter is going off. And I think, once again, Andrew is correct. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington Post did a dive into this, and they could not find a record of any Taiwan Jones at Howard University. Or there was another, like, a Howard Community College somewhere. And maybe one other place that had Howard in the name. And there's no Taiwan Jones at any of them. Also, my BS detector went off as well. Because as a child of a, a teacher, I graded a lot of papers, and I can say it's not something that you would you're you're looking to to like oversee someone else grading papers. It's a chore enough to grade your own mm-hmm. goddamn papers. So that's where it was like, 
yeah, I don't think anybody's watching anyone else, you know, some economic, correct an economics exam or whatever it was. Well, and when the Washington Post contacted this original tweeter guy and asked him if it was for real, he would not say that it was. He refused yeah. to say that it was a joke and he refused to say that it was real. So I think that's our answer right there. My alarm bell was the the name Taiwan Jones. <laughs> Yeah. It just sounds made up. <laughs> sounds a little racist, like you. You. Yep. Oh, I need a student at Howard. Oh, University. he's going to Howard. Yeah, definitely. Right, right. Do I put a D apostrophe in front of right. something, or do I go with, you know, Taiwan or something like that? What Andrew takes from this is that he is annoyed that other people are now trying to build jokes off of this, like somebody saying that Michael turner at butler was failing an exam and he just doesn't understand why people have to steal other people's twitter jokes but then he seems to recall he says remember people are literally children online which is a good point right. i think that we tend to think that the people on the other end of the tweet are like us like i'm a grown-ass adult tweeting so probably everybody receiving it is an adult and i think we forget exactly how large a percentage of the social right. media population are actual children but also you know what taking the elements of a joke and then just changing the details that's a time-honored joke yeah. tradition and that's something yeah. that luke and andrew do all the time mm -hmm. you know changing the name changing the university it's still kind of funny i, I don't think, think that's such a terrible thing a funny part of it was when when I heard that joke, I was like, "There probably is a Michael Turner at Butler University yeah. who did fail an exam." But <laughs> unlike the Taiwan Jones thing, I'm sure there's some 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 white dude named Michael yeah. Turner. Yeah. Yep. So, so this leads them down the well-worn path to a discussion about their own Twitter vanity and how they just shouldn't play so much important uh, importance on how their tweets are received. Luke immediately name drops Misha Collins and the fact that they're friends to talk about <laughs> how large Misha's Twitter following is and how if Luke ever gets like a signal boost from a Misha retweet, uh, that um, anything that's political just devolves into fighting in the comments. Well, duh, of course, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. uh, Genevieve has dropped Twitter, which I was surprised by. And Andrew says he would if it weren't for TBTL. He would be off of Twitter. Too bad. You have to stay on it. <laughs> but of course, Luke needs too much affirmation. And that's where he goes to get it. So he says he wishes he could walk away, but he can't. You could, Luke. You could if you wanted to. And then the thing that I found from this to be really funny was the tidbit, the dazzling deet that Julian Assange, since he was denied the blue check mark, he made himself a blue diamond. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. What a little boy. I know. God. <laughs> now that guy's a creeper. Yeah. Then they go to this story that they didn't have time to and they didn't spend any time on it really. Uh, but they had to cram it in there about the giant flags that the NFL uses uh, that cost $40,000 a piece and weigh in at 1,100 pounds. Uh, but they can rent them for $7,000 for the year, I assume, from one company in Salt Lake City that makes all the flags. End of discussion. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, we get an email from Jason, who also had Luke's third through fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Wharton. Uh, as far as I could work out, Jason might have been in the class 
right before Luke got there. He seemed to be like three or four years older than Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that he never had any problems with Mrs. Wharton, that she was just a really lovely person. And even though Luke had acknowledged previously that he was a bad kid, he said, um, <laughs> he seemed pretty willing to sort of share the blame for the poor relationship with Mrs. Wharton. And Jason <laughs> kind of gently suggests that, you know, maybe, maybe it's more on you, Luke, than it is on her. Was she the one who ate the apple cores? Yep. Yep. That was her. Okay. And in the course of his email, Jason mentions that he was the crossing guard patrol captain at Daniel Bagley Elementary. And Luke mentions that he also was a crossing guard, except he got kicked off the patrol because he left his post to go <laughs> jump that kid that he's talked about before. I forget his name. Yeah. <laughs> and he got some girl, Terry something or other, to uh, take his place on the crossing guard patrol and i was thinking wait so how which for which one of these offenses did he get kicked off was it for leaving his post was it for asking somebody who wasn't on the crossing guard to take his place or was it for jumping the kid probably all of the above (laughs) yeah any of those would work yeah you only need to be guilty of one of those charges Mm -hmm. but that's heartbreaking because to make that kind of choice, because I mean, as a someone, I'm not quick to violence like Luke. I don't, I don't understand the tendency, but you finish out your patrol duties. That trip to the fun forest is amazing. At the end of the year, <laughs> it's a it's, good incentive. It's terrific. Oh my god, I, I, I was a proud patrol. <laughs> Fold, learned how to fold the flag and do all that bullshit. Just, I mean, you get to go to the fun forest for free. Come on. You went to the Fun Forest too? Yes, absolutely. It was a big program back then. What? All the what patrols is the fun at every forest? school. It's the it's an amusement park down by um the Space Needle in Seattle oh. Center. Hmm. Yeah, they got uh, bumper cars and little roller coasters and all the games and all that. Oh, so, Luke yeah. would have loved that. Yeah. You know his mom wasn't paying to take them. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it was a high price to pay, but that kid just needed his ass kicked. I guess so. <laughs> There's a, another email. This one is from Elizabeth on the subject of the Marvel tissue box that Andrew loves so much and how the <laughs> artwork of Captain America is particularly bad on that. And so her coworker taped a picture of Chris Evans over the top of that Captain America. Now she has something nice to look at. I thought that that was funny. I would take a picture of Chris Evans any day. Isn't he Captain America? Yeah. I don't know from, from, okay, so just a picture of him like shirtless or something over the him in the Captain America artwork. Or costume. just his face, maybe? I don't know. Something like that. Hmm. Some some part or parcel of Chris Evans was a fix. It kind of makes sense to, to put, if you're a guy especially, to put your materials onto a tissue box. <laughs> whatever you're going to be using. Gross. <laughs> See, that is gross. One stop shop right I'm there. I'm grossed out. There, I got you. Moving on to the no-point conversion, uh, Luke was worried about the Seahawks because he felt that it took them too long to put the Giants down, even though they did eventually win. Everything turned out exactly as Andrew expected. The Seahawks won and the Browns lost, but he's so discouraged about the Browns now that he had to putter during halftime and he missed the beginning of the second half and Genevieve yelled at him like, why are you even doing this? Then there's a bunch of talk about punting that I found to be incomprehensible. Then we have to decide whether Jimmy Graham is a good player or not. 
then they spent actual time listing all the upcoming Seahawks games, and Luke gave his predictions whether he thinks the Seahawks will win them or not. That's not even compelling sports radio. No! I'm not even a sports radio fan, and I know that that's bad stuff. Yeah. If you're doing that, you're not long for whatever station you're working for. <laughs> Let's go to every game, and we'll talk about the game three months from now that we know nothing about. Andrew is really very despondent at this point over the Browns loss because this is a game they, they could have won. And he talks about how there's too much quarterback roulette and they should just pick somebody and stick with them. And he's upset with Hugh Jackson. I know I've said this before, but every time he starts to say that name, I think he's going to say Hugh Jackman. And I'm like, mm -hmm. God, this would be so much better if Hugh Jackman yeah. was the Browns coach. If you're going to lose 22 games in a row, at least have a good looking head coach wouldn't everything be better if Hugh Jackman sure. was involved <laughs> sure the ladies don't care they're just eating their popcorn watching the head coach yep. while the team loses. Uh, yeah forget about the game can we get another sideline shot please <laughs> and if, if the quarterback screws up he can just shoot those blades out of his fist Ooh. and just cut the guy's head right off. <laughs> I bet he'd get a lot better real quickly if that was the possible yeah outcome. exactly if that was possible I think everyone would be they win the giving 100% effort um, Andrew's looking forward to watching the Browns versus the Vikings in London with the Stewbot on a text chain. And then after all this talk about how pathetic the Browns are and how they just can't win and everything that's wrong with them, Luke's like, yeah, I think the Browns could win this game. And I am not a football fan and I'm not a Vikings fan. But when Luke said that, I was like, screw you, Burbank. How yeah. dare you insult my hometown team like that? In fact, he thinks that the Browns are going to win two games this season. And as we're recording this, the uh, Browns-Vikings game has completed. And so I would like to say, ha-ha, you lost. 14-point <laughs> victory for the Vikings. Although Cleveland led in the second half. Just to, just you know, they have to show just enough life to break your heart. So <laughs> good job by them, too. All right, that ends Monday, thankfully. All right, let's go to Tuesday, 2496. Andrew, the human microwave, Walsh. Uh, they opened the show for some reason talking more about the guy who failed the midterm story. Um, and then they talk about how they got a compliment about one of their Trucktober jokes on Twitter, and they took it badly. They can't even take a compliment. Nope. No one criticized them. They'll fall apart. We move on to the story about... Um, Pace picante sauce, that, that commercial about Pace salsa and the cowboys uh, being very upset that it was that the salsa they were being served was made in New York City. And they wonder if Pace was actually ever made in New York and how a salsa could be good if it was made in New York. Um, <laughs> I think they're missing the point. Kind of. <laughs> the point is that Pace was not made in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. That was San the alternative. Antonio. Right. Um, I did find a Food Republic article about um, five New York City salsas that are better than Pace. <laughs> well, well, yeah, of I course, read that. If you mix some artisanal salsa, it's going to be sure. delicious. You can make anything great. In can New York. can they make ten thousand jars a minute though? <laughs> no, but I would try a couple of the um, of the salsas on that list for sure. Yeah, those sound good. Mm -hmm. They start to do the donors of the day segment, and they talk about how they got an email from a friend of a show um, wondering about what we were talking about last Friday's show, 
when they were feeling especially grateful for the donors. And we were kind of theorizing what was going on there. Uh, and and their, the email asked if, if basically if it meant they were about to get canned, right? And uh, they say, no, 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 we just love you guys. We're great. Everything's fine. Uh, we don't have the ability to hide things from you. And we're not hiding anything. And the show is here to stay. So as far as we know, as far as we know, mm-hmm. uh, top story for today is uh, disposable straws. They're not recyclable. The article cites. So they said 500 million straws per day are thrown away. I found that really hard to believe. Uh-huh. I went and looked up the article and they that's what they say. But that's more straws than humans in the country. Yeah. Well, I guess I there's some serious alcoholics at the bar that are going through. Well, I guess so. Um I don't know. They say they talk about the guy who invented them. He was using some rye grass to avoid getting mint julep mint in his teeth, which is delightful. Um, and they talk about paper straws, which are adorable, but they they suck. They don't last a whole day. And then Luke talks way too much about uh, putting chopsticks in his mouth and sucking on them. <laughs> and I understand you have some things to say about straws. I don't really have some things to say about straws. <laughs> I just put a picture of myself in the Slack channel uh, drinking a Diet Coke with a straw just to irritate Mike. That's all. I... Do you like straws? I don't have a problem with straws one way or the other. If um, I will always use them, you know, when you get a fast food drink mm-hmm. or something from the convenience store just because of, of how that works. That's those cups are so big that it's difficult to just drink from them. And of course you're on the go and you might spill, but when I'm just drinking a bottle of diet Coke or drinking from a glass in a restaurant, I don't need a straw. It's no big deal. If they went away, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah. I I'm, as y'all know, I'm very anti straw and I feel a lot of indication from this. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to gloat that I knew straws were evil, (laughs) but uh, I did. But were your objections to straws based on their ecological impact, or did you have some other They solve other a reason? problem that doesn't exist. That's not true. They, it, I think they have a use. Absolutely. I'll, I, I'll, I'll grant you the, your, your, the utility of like at the movie theater or whatever, maybe in the dark, or when you're driving, or the, the container's really huge. But the vast majority of straws are being jammed into drinks in restaurants, in glasses that that are easily accessible with your fucking mouth. Yeah. Well, you're right. Let me counter to that. Okay. My dad has Parkinson's and it has developed to the point where he can't stand up straight. In fact, he leans over so much that he cannot drink out of a regular glass. So he has to use a straw. I'm not saying they shouldn't exist. I'm just I'm I'm saying I'm saying there's no reason for 495 uh, <laughs> 495 million of these straws. Yeah, well, you're right. Let's I mean, let's think about what we're including as a straw here. Are we just in- including your drinking straw or are we talking about swizzling straws exactly? What's getting included? The to little get, teeny to get that weenie count, they've got to be Starbucks they got to be counting cocktail straws. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the stirrers, that's ridiculous. That's not a straw, that's a stirrer, but I bet you that goes into that count. Yeah, I bet it does. For coffee. I had to use a straw after my jaw surgery because I couldn't open my mouth wide enough to fit a fork or spoon in there. So that was Well, one... you you could have just you written to the court of straws <laughs> and tried to get a straw exception. And Got a exemption. straw prescription. Yeah. And yeah, and I may have granted it. Or I could have just poured the soylent all over my face and hoped some of it 
<laughs> fell into my mouth. Your you could your husband could have baby birded you. you know, yeah. Ew. Any number <laughs> no. of things. That... Gross. <laughs> no. Nope. Okay. You, you okay. won't get an exception with that attitude. That's enough straw talk. Uh, the next story is um, this Iditarod dog doping story. This this fellow named uh, Dallas Seavey uh, came in second for the uh, last Iditarod, and uh, his dogs tested pos- positive for tramadol. He claims that he didn't give it to them, that somebody did it maliciously. Why can't a dog get a tramadol? Right? Come on. <laughs> it's got to run 10 million miles across Alaska, and you can't, you can't get uh, just a... It's a low grade painkiller, like it's tramadol. very benign. It's pretty benign. I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know if it technically counts as an opioid. It's um, it's not a schedule one drug. It's it's yeah. I'm also not sure how that would help. Like I've taken tramadol and it just makes me a little sleepy. I'm not sure how that would help in a race. Maybe to keep them out of pain. Yeah, it's so it's, they can keep going, but it would yeah, make me that's... slow and tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I'm gonna take up. <laughs> I mean, there may be the the dude may be right. He may be telling the truth, because you you can you can get a dog to eat anything. It's not like poisoning a human, you know. Right. It's, it's yeah. Different. It it sounds like that there's some fishy stuff going on with how they collected the samples from the dogs, uh, and I guess mm-hmm. it's possible that they were doped. I kind of don't care, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he lost. Yeah, he came in second to his own father. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> he lost. Yeah. Right. Um. And then they say they're going to talk about emails, and they don't. Um, Andrew interrupts and wants to hear about uh, why Luke is in New York. And he is there for an NBC thing about ketchup. And apparently he went to a diner in Brooklyn and talked to the author of a book about ketchup. And uh, next up, he's going to go to Chicago to see if he can get run out of town for asking for ketchup on a hot dog. (laughs) And it sounds like that was not the most original idea on Earth. Yeah. We'll find out later in the week. Yeah, I've seen it on TV before. I can't remember who did it. I think it might have been on Jimmy Kimmel. Probably. Um, and then we do learn that the TVTL Spooktacular is going to be on WBEZ Chicago. So that's exciting. Good for them. Although we'll never know when it is on until after it airs. More, uh, I hate to bring this up because I think we're all over tender talk, but uh, there was a Facebook post that they talked about somebody's grandmother who made homemade chicken tenders, and they theorized that these are reheated chicken nuggets. They're definitely not. They're talking about getting, you know, chicken breast, raw chicken breast from Costco, breading it, frying it, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, the ones that I make, I I bake them. It's mm-hmm. it's a little healthier, but um, yeah. You can I wouldn't make them at home just because I don't want to deal with a deep fryer. They're a nightmare. Yeah. I'll go to McDonald's for some buttermilk tenders. Sure. Sounds good um, right now. And that was Ginny from Facebook. And I think they, that the, the story is set straight later on in the week, that they are not talking about nuggets here. And then lastly, we get a delightful voicemail from listener Laura, who talks about meeting her in-laws at a Texas roadhouse. And I think that's the first time she ever met them. And she's highly allergic to, to peanuts. And she was offered peanuts by her boyfriend, now husband. <laughs> Oh, uh, he must have been nervous. Uh, adorable. They're they're married. It's fine. Um, and then Andrew and Veeves went to Five Guys recently, uh, and he confirmed that they still have peanuts everywhere, and they're very proud of using peanut oil and everything. And he didn't get a burger; he got a hot dog. Of course, I didn't he know did. they had hot dogs. I didn't either. I think once he said it, I thought I had a mental picture of what the menu looks like, and I thought, oh yeah, maybe it does say a hot dog on there. But who would ever bother? 
I don't know. Other than Andrew. I haven't gone to Five Guys in ages. Now that I live in in a place that has Shake Shack and In and Out, like I'm not yes. going to go to Five Guys anymore. Nope. Neither have I. Um, let's see. Wednesday, twenty four ninety seven. Real Talk one hundred one. Andrew brings up the uh, GIF uh, dating game, which uh, was essentially you post something that says post a GIF of what it would be like to date me, and uh, Luke. Luke doesn't want to participate in that because he could only get his feelings hurt, he says. Well, he couldn't even understand what Andrew was talking about. He couldn't (laughs) figure out how this worked. Yeah. It's just a fun... I love GIF comments on Facebook now. That was my favorite addition to the to the Facebook universe. And uh, I think think those can be funnier than than most comments. Yeah, Bobby put it up on our page and and people had some really funny GIFs. (laughs) It's even... They they were... um, shoehorning gifts that had nothing to do with the topic just because they like the well and christy called her own show a dumpster fire when and i thought that was hilarious (laughs) right 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 (laughs) right her own show she called it a dumpster fire there's a bad there's a bad drop luke puts in here it doesn't work and they don't edit it out (laughs) for some reason when i i went back to listen to it and it would have been easy edit and they didn't do it what was it i don't remember this um i can't remember the yeah the drop it was this something ended up being like a 24 second drop oh yeah where he just wanted the payoff of the drop oh yeah 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 yeah. he did the wrong one maybe but i was still smarting from the tooth whitening thing so that's why i noted because normally i'd be like uh who cares but it was just like huh really could have fixed that I don't know. If I was getting paid to do this podcast, I think I would have fixed that. Quip ad. We covered quip. <laughs> and I did uh I did go look and yeah, that looks like a little pocket rocket right there. <laughs> it really does. And you know, with the vibration it, this this is all could all be like they might be telling us it's way better for than, you know, the Sonicare cuz the Sonicare But the just... Sonicare's but, never mind. <laughs> too bulky it's not as portable yeah Yeah, for that i think right let's see andrew plays some of the long-haired businessmen they talk about breadcrumbing it's a pretty good clip i could listen to those guys forever (laughs) talk their business talk um i think wish we'd been keeping record of how many times they talk about the donor of the day chime (laughs) because it's discussed again uh, yeah. on on wednesday that's that was my throw your phone moment i i need to i need to go to that website sometime and throw it in just so i can quote myself um now you guys gotta help me out here andrew's talking about his great grandma what was her name Bopshi. Uh-huh. Bopshi. yeah did he mention how where that came from how that i think that's just that must be some polish yeah, you know, name for gra- like my grandmother is uh, from Belgium, and uh, we called her Bonica. Huh, and that's a thing, I guess. Huh, Let, down here it's like Mima or Mama. Exactly, yeah. Mama. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's talking. Andrew's talking about his uh, his Mama who made uh, his grandma kneel on rice, and then ouch. Um, he calls he calls the lady. A crone, and then he looks it up and realizes that calling your relative a crone means 
it's bad. You don't like that person because crone is a bad word. Since when has crone ever related. been a compliment? <laughs> right. I I know my ex-wife used to, we, she was really hating on people. She would call them crones. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah, that's a bad word. Uh, top story, uh, Einstein's written tip notes um, gather over one and a half million. Um, and Luke questions the mixed messages because it seemed like in those notes, Einstein was saying, hey, take it easy, smell the flowers, just sit in a quiet room and enjoy your thoughts or whatever. And then in the other note, he was like, you got to keep grinding and inventing. And, you know, I don't know. I kind of saw Luke's point. But when you're when you're Einstein, everything, everything you do is genius. I, I think guess. Einstein did plenty of both. Kicking yeah, back yeah, and was, working hard. Yeah. Yeah. He was a busy man in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. This leads to a discussion of Andrew analyzing Luke's ambition and his restlessness, his ambitious ways, um, how he's always taking on new jobs and new challenges. And, and Andrew asks a question in a way that I, I don't think Luke answers. And that was, in a way, he asked Luke, will you ever be happy? Are you happy now? You know? And they didn't get, I thought it had a chance to be more interesting if Luke had talked more about, you know, his career plans and, and whether he thinks he's where he wants to be and all that. So maybe next time. Uh, Lauren does the uh, iTunes appeal in, was that Accounting Crows? <laughs> yes. That she was? Probably. Wasn't it the Mrs. Jones ripoff? Mrs. Jones, right iTunes reviews, Mrs. Jones. Yeah, yeah, that that I think it was Mrs. Jones. But uh, Lauren, I hate that song. Uh, I do too, but she nailed it. She did she, absolutely. She really did. Yeah, it reminded me of like when I was like in high school, and and we didn't have much technology for like re- recording and and filming, and you know, for the creative things we wanted to do. Uh, that was that was about the. About the production quality, though, that that we were able to pull off, just play something and then record it on something else with us singing along to it, yeah. and that it really took me back. It made me like nostalgic for that, and she fucking nailed it. Um, top story number two: New Zealand political party, the National Party, they owe Eminem quite a bit of money. <clears throat> <laughs> Are you still waiting for the check? Yeah. Eminem-esque. They infringed on Lose Yourself, and yeah, it was, it was oh, pretty... Oh, hell uh, yes. yeah. That was pretty obvious. Deal. But it reminded me of a, a sketch that I've seen on Portlandia a few times, and it's it's uh, two lawyers that represent musicians, and all they want from a musician is just for, for them to come in and just have, like, two notes that they claim are stolen from <laughs> something, and then, you know, and then... You know, this is how the musicians are going to make money. The only way they'll be able to make a living in the future. But uh, that though, sound alikes bother me. I you know for all the same reasons that they bother uh, Andrew. You know, and that's that the artist isn't making the money. Um, they also bother me as a consumer because it it's it's a mind trick. And I don't appreciate it like that. That ad, I pay more attention to that ad because I think that 
they're playing lose yourself. So they got me that way. And that's, that sucks. That's a cheat. And Luke was pointing out, he pointed out a real, a real good one. And then I heard one yesterday and I, I can't remember the product, but they, I think it was a, some sort of Texas brand and they were ripping off ZZ Top's LaGrange. I like almost note for note. And I went, hmm. It's a trick because it made me look up. And I don't appreciate that. <laughs> not trying to watch TV if I'm busy doing something else. Top story three, men are swimming in, in this is Australia, men are swimming in a baited croc trap. I don't see why anyone's upset. I <laughs> just let it. But Sounds like a self-cleaning oven to me. <laughs> I know. Everyone seems real upset about this. And I'm like, hmm, uh, maybe they're moms, you know. Maybe, maybe. Did you guys see the pictures? Mm-mm. No. Just four of them sitting in the crock trap with shit-eating grins on their faces. They must have been so Ugh. drunk. Right. Right. Well, yeah, their moms, their grandmas, their bopsies might miss them, but uh, right. none of them, none of these guys has a girlfriend. I don't think society will have a problem with this. In general, we're not yeah. going to. You know, I was listening to um, Overhearing, one of Emily's true crime podcasts, and, and it was all about this guy who was just a horrible human being by every account. Uh, and the only person they had on there that was still looking for this guy was his mom. You know, this is like 27 years later, and her brawling drunk of a unemployed son uh, someone someone killed him maybe maybe he fell down somewhere and never got up and I was just like why you know w- without this mom who's looking for this guy ever oh like, yeah so yeah that if, if that were my my boy sitting in the crock trap I would be like well I guess you just got to swim faster than the other three fellows <laughs> I would be like I guess I did a terrible job as a parent yeah. Kind of, it's like it's like seeing your daughter on the stripper pole. Like, oh, yeah. There you go. There, there goes my parenting. I put um, the picture in Slack if you want to see it. I oh, see it. Awesome. Oh God. <laughs> what? Yeah, look at these dummies. Maybe oh, they shut God. the door and then they just have a good time in there without crocodiles. What? What? This is uh, gonna have to be the show picture. Okay. What killed me during this conversation when I think Luke said. Well, if you're afraid of if you're afraid of crocodiles, and I was thinking, if you're afraid of crocodiles, <laughs> everyone should be afraid of crocodiles. Yeah, frankly, it doesn't That's... matter whether you're afraid or not; they're still going to eat you, right? If you if you look at them, they're like fear embodied. You know, like they're they were put on this earth to make people and animals feel fear. Oh, one of those people. I I know somebody who thinks that if you believe hard enough, you can fly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you can just free yourself from the bounds of gravity if you really uh-huh. want to. It's <laughs> like, well, why don't you go try that out? But It's going to be an exciting three seconds. You can tell me how that goes. Yeah. 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 We'll see on the news. Some things mind over matter can't really help you with. It's a uh, verifiable fact. Um, and Luke mentions it, that hippos are no joke. They, they, from what I've heard, they harm humans a lot more than yeah. sharks. And, yeah. And, yeah. They're and, vicious. Crocodiles. And strong. Yeah. So if you see a hippo, go the other way. So. Throw all your white marbles at it and run. <laughs> <laughs> if it, Hopefully it'll be satisfied with the marbles. <laughs> um, Andrew saw a croc in Costa Rica, and it kind of freaked him out because he was just in a little, little skiff. So um, that was really 
All I had for Wednesday. All right. Thursday, 2498, The Drawer of Broken Dreams. Um, we've got self-proclaimed tech rocker of Northwest Nerd, Nick Jarin, co-hosting today while Luke is in New York. Nick's got some keys to the show today. Um, that was a fun thing to revisit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he declares it a tender-free zone. Thank I appreciate you. that. No more talking about tenders. He needs to remember to plug his own show, which he does at the top and then again at the bottom, and uh, to have some fun out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think important. they did. I think mm-hmm. they hit those keys. Um, we again uh, learned that the Spooktacular is going to be airing now on multiple stations, but they won't tell Andrew. He's a bit frustrated because it's up to these individual stations whether to air it and when to air it. So they don't necessarily have to check in with APM and let them know when it's going to happen. So we we just have to find out <laughs> when, it, when it airs after the fact or if we just happen to be listening. So I know there's already been a call or two on the TBTL page about when to listen at some local station. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can all get a hold of that do you think they're gonna play it on the show though oh i'm sure it'll be a halloween t- they take a day off kind okay. of thing <laughs> yeah. yeah play the spectacular they can't let that go to waste uh they talk a little bit about sports i understand that it's some sort of large baseball tournament uh going on right now something about yankees and astros and dodgers and uh it's giving andrew a bad taste in his mouth because he feels like everyone in la is now a dodgers fan and they're posers and he's oh not a poser. my god come on now come <laughs> he's on got a now. real chip on his shoulder about people being posers he he should he should be able to recognize them Ooh. just say that true send, um, send me another vape video and see and see what you get andrew <laughs> see how i treat you on the show yeah uh why don't we just jump ahead to that what he sends you vaping videos yes he does and you just are you have enough self-restraint to just totally ignore them uh you i don't want to encourage him <laughs> <laughs> he knows i, I hate vaping it. i love it it's like it's like uh all the all the glamour of smoking cigarettes with all the <laughs> humiliation of like using a crazy straw when you're an adult and having it smell like bubble gum Ugh, come yeah on, people. no i totally agree i just think it's hilarious you know mike you could use this opportunity to, to slip in some feedback mm. maybe <laughs> no. maybe no. no okay well we do learn that andrew is trying to quit smoking which is great news yes um but terrifyingly it's because he's found a spot on his tongue or the Oof. dentist did uh, and that was that's awful. And he is uh, very afraid that it will affect his livelihood because his livelihood is talking on a microphone. And when you have mouth cancer, that's going to become impossible. Mm-hmm. So this is terrifying. And I'm really glad that he's quitting. He got out his last pack of cigarettes and he gave it to Nick. Um, it sounds like he's still got his vape pen and he's using that as a transition. And I yeah, I'm not into vaping either, but I think it is yeah, a really useful tool for quitting smoking. And it's mm-hmm. From the literature that I've read, it's not as harmful as smoking, uh, smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Um, he's also cut down on drinking beers or stopped drinking beers. I was unclear on that, but that's also a good move because the literature is very clear that the combination of alcohol and cigarettes at the same time is a really, really potent combo for causing mouth cancer, throat mm-hmm. and interesting. mouth cancer. That's interesting because a lot of people, that's the only time that they yes. would smoke. Yes. Yes. And, and I, so I also started smoking when I was very young. I was probably, mm-hmm. I, I know I had my first one when I was 10. I, I started when I was about 13 or 14 and I smoked all through high school. Once I turned 18, I was like, this is legal and dumb. And I quit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, clearly 
I had my reasons. And then once I, once I turned 21 and was able to go to bars, um, you could still smoke in bars at that time in Michigan. And I started smoking again and it was such a good combo. Like I didn't really smoke other than when I was at the bar, Mm. um, because it it was just such a good combo. And then when you're drinking, you kind of don't care. Right. So (laughs) your decision-making skills uh, become poorer. Uh, so that, that's when I smoked and I, I, I did eventually quit um, for the most part, I will still have a cigarette. I know Mike, you hate this so much, but I'll still have a cigarette now and then, especially if, uh, smokers are over at my house and we're all drinking. I just kind of can't resist it. Um, I really, really love cigarettes and if they had vitamins, I would smoke all day, every day. (laughs) Um, but I don't, it's bad for me. I know that. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad that Andrew is, is, uh, is cutting down slash quitting. And they talk a little bit about how, uh, Nick mentions that telling somebody about your plans uh, can keep you accountable. And Mm. I think that does work for some people. I I don't know. Are are we taking bets on how long Andrew will stay quit? Hmm. I don't want to sabotage. I don't don't either. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know. I don't want to go negative on that. I'm hopeful for him. And I hope that since he told us that Mm -hmm. he'll feel more accountable. I'm, I'm of two minds on the accountability thing because... I don't think it's necessarily helpful to tell other people to keep you accountable if you haven't decided really to make the change in your heart, as corny as that mm-hmm. sounds. I mean, if if you really don't want to do it yet and you're just telling other people to stop you, I don't think that's a recipe for success. It sounds like he has committed. Yeah. I mean, he didn't tell us until four days after his last cigarette. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like he's... He's got his heart in it. I think this spot in his mouth scared him, mm-hmm. as and it should. Any addiction, you know, you're going to, a lot of people are going to have relapses. So it sure. doesn't matter, you know, if he smokes again, if if he in the long term gets gets the job done and gets stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought of a great way for Andrew to get back at Luke for the tooth whitening thing. And that is do TBTL right after he gets the biopsy of his tongue. Because they're <laughs> oh, going to, they're going to numb that thing. <laughs> They're going to numb that fucker up for, and he won't be able to talk right for hours. That's true. So, yeah, I say, oh, yeah, we'll just jump on after I get back from my doctor's appointment. and then... I can tell you all about it, how it went. That's TVTL content right yeah. there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> He's drooling all over the I got the needle out, and I put it in my home, and it's numb. Um, it sounds like he's switching uh, his oral fixation from cigarettes to popsicles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if uh, sugar's got to be better for you than than t- tobacco. <laughs> I hope. Uh, and then they do eat some popsicles on the air a little bit later, which is pretty gross. Top story for today is somebody named Adam Tyree tweeted at Patton Oswalt um, a text exchange about how he kind of treats white males as the default human in one of his stories and uh Patton responds really humbly I thought and and really appropriately he's you know I didn't realize that I'm sorry I'll I'll try to do better you have a good point and then uh Andrew and Nick talk about how uh white is the default race and uh Andrew feels strongly that dude is something that white guys say to black guys that didn't hit with me exactly I didn't quite get that Mm -mm. um but you know white guys calling somebody a black dude I guess yeah, I mean, I try. I tried hard to like get into the spirit of his comments, but I just I've never experienced what he's experienced. That um, that <laughs> that we only say black dude. I mean, I'm always like white dude, black dude, Japanese dude. They're all dudes. I feel like I've said white dude lots. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm overcorrecting, but it's true. I mean, it's certainly true that people will mention somebody's race when they're not white and they don't mention it when they're white. That's Absolutely. very, very common. Absolutely. And so that was interesting. I, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot for a while, actually, um, in my retail job and you know, you would have an incident and you would be talking, or I would be talking about it to my manager and I would be very conscious of not using racial descriptors about, cause that comes like weirdly close to profiling saying, well, well, it mm-hmm. was a black woman that did this or, and I, it leaves a really weird taste in my mouth. So I've been very conscious not to use these racial identifiers, but Minnesota is 81% white. So white is the default right race and it's it takes a while to kind of get past that headspace i think there is code that exists in different parts of the country like i know down here when you say a gentleman walked in or a gentleman came by or whatever it's code for black mm. is it so yeah a little oh, bit interesting little bit for for some people not not everybody participates in that code but it is a thing Nick is half Filipino and he talks about his experiences in that regard. Um, and half white. Right. <laughs> Nobody asks what his half white half is made of, but they always want to know where he's from. No, where mm-hmm. are your parents from? No, where did they grow up? You know, the dancing around this whole, what are you? Question. I just don't understand what kind of people ask these questions. I don't think that I've ever asked anybody. No, but it where sounds their like parents every person of color has that experience of, wow. of being yeah. asked, what are you? And having to justify themselves. I would never dream of saying that to anybody. Me neither. Yeah, like even if I cared, I wouldn't I still wouldn't feel like I could ask. Well and Nick says that, you know, once you once you you've established a rapport with somebody and you've been friends for a little while, yeah. like that's not a it's not an yeah. offensive question, but like hi, oh hi, I'm Nick. Oh, hi Nick, what are you? Like that's something that people have to deal with and it's mm-hmm. ridiculously rude. Link doesn't like it either. Clearly no, not. He's upset. <laughs> I'm going to see if we can get him out of here. Um, next top story of the day is this terrifying Amazon key. I saw this on Amazon's page and I thought, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea is that they can unlock your front door and set your package inside of your house. Let your and- dogs out. Right. That's what would happen at my house is Eddie would run away. Yeah, it'd just be a stream of animals. Just I have one cat who always tries to bolt out the front door. She would definitely Uh do that. Yeah. Eddie would be gone. It's a terrible idea. I think, yeah, it it would maybe decrease package theft, but proportionally increase electronics theft, (laughs) the ones that you already own. Um but they say there'd be video on them and so I just don't I'm just very uncomfortable with this. Um Hey, hey, put me in mind of that um that product ring. I have guys, one of those. Yeah. You got one of those? Mm-hmm. Um, the commercials for that product, they piss me off because the feature that they like to show out in the commercial is that you're talk to the people that are trying to get into your house. Right. And the people are having very like sarcastic conversations with these people. And I'm like, if you're not there, or even if you are there, especially maybe if you're, you're home, I'm not going to talk shit to somebody who was just about to break into my house. No way. <laughs> I, I mean, I might say, go away, you know, but in the commercial, they actually talk smack to these I folks. I n- never use it to speak. I check who's there if right. I'm not expecting somebody. And right. that's because of the way my door is. I can't see out of it without 
totally revealing myself. And this happened. The reason we got it is I was home alone one night. It was like 10 and Duff was working late. And there was like two big dudes at my front door and it was dark and I was by myself and they were pounding on the door and I was like, nope, I'm not going to answer the door. Mm -hmm. Um, But I couldn't really see who it was without peeking up uh, over the window in the door, which is kind of, I have to get up my tippy toes to do that. And they, they could see me and luckily they didn't, but Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, I'm going to pretend like I'm not home. Turns out they had just kicked a soccer ball into my backyard, but I didn't know that. And I was not about to open the door. So that was like, okay, we need to get something where I can check and see who it is. And all I ever do is look and and it's uh-huh. 99% of the time somebody delivering an Amazon package well, outside if it had, of my door. If it had been two, two giant thugs outside your door, then you can get on that microphone and go, beat it, you ugly assholes. <laughs> and then they would shoot through my door and kill and me. And your yeah. shirt is really stupid. <laughs> and th- they were backing away when you first got on the mic and then they start coming back. It was like, all right. Oh, boy. Um, Nick talks about how he's uncomfortable with this. He does have a clapper, but he says that it likes his girlfriend more than it likes him. And he said, quote, I think it knows who bought it, (laughs) which cracked me up. And uh, Andrew beeps him every time he says the A word, the name of the clapper. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was great. They talk a little bit about uh, Blade Runner. Um, I didn't really, I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about Blade Runner. <laughs> they don't like Jared Leto. That's about what I got out of it. I don't need to see Blade Runner to know that I don't like Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot emails. Um, they, they open up popsicles and eat them while they talk about emails. Um, they get one from listener Max about the Eminem and Eminem and Eminem esque song. Eminem esque. Eminem esque song uh, from New Zealand. Ta- telling a story about how their friends uh, were in a band and were asked to write a Black Keys esque song for an action film and they were paid badly and then they didn't use it. What is it with the Black Keys music that everybody wants to rip off? I don't it know. Must make you want to eat pizza or something. I guess. Uh, and then there's one from listener Marilyn, Marilyn wondering why the donors on the episode pages are different from the donors they read on the show. And I think it's just because they're different levels of donors. Yeah. yeah. I was I was wondering if I, did you any, were you either able to gather during the Thursday show whether or not Nick has a girlfriend? He does. Yeah. Okay, it like the the clapper likes her like more than him. Ten thousand times. Why doesn't he say her name? I don't. I just don't like the the. People, then it's girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend all the time. I When I first started on the show, I said husband all the time because Duff didn't want me using his name. Maybe she's uncomfortable with it. I don't I know mean, why husband doesn't name, bother though. me as much as girlfriend. Her name is... He um, said it once, I think. Her name oh. is Rosen, I think. Maybe. That's a cool name. Use it. Yeah. No more girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> um, speaking of Nick, he thinks that we should be called TBTLians. No. No. Tens is good. And then uh, Genevieve points out that Nick shouldn't have a nickname because it's already in his name, which is pretty <laughs> funny. So we can call him Nick the Nickname Jarin. Sure, we can. Uh, oh, oh, there was one thing I put in my notes from Thursday that I feel has to be mentioned, Meredith. It was mm. that Andrew reveals that he has tonight shoes and tonight shirts. Why have we never found this out before? He has tonight outfits. What do you think his tonight shirt is? Like a button-up canvas with the sleeves torn off? I, I have it being like a big blousy piratey type thing, you know. I thought it would be flannel. 
Oh, you know what? And I also forgot. Wow, I did a bad job on Thursday. I forgot the throw. There's a really good throw your phone from Thursday from listener Joel. Uh, going back to the race thing, he said, this is a hug your phone moment. This discussion about Caucasian being the default race was great. It's something that's always bothered me, too. So I was glad to hear it being discussed on the show in an intelligent, sensitive way. Speaking of defaults, Nick Jaron should be the default co-host. When Luke is gone, he really adds a lot to the show. He so does. That was great, Joel. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yes. Hug your phone. Really good show. Yeah. Let's go to Friday, twenty four ninety nine. Just one away from the big two five zero zero, which Luke acknowledges he can't count. Uh, as useless as a second shoe emoji. Uh, <laughs> Luke is in Chicago. Uh, he met Chris Hayes last night for a drink. People who have watched the Hey Dummies video know that that had happened. That was a very cute video. We learned that Chris sometimes says dazzling details on his show, and there's somebody that they're friends with at Cairo who is in management now who's worried that it's going to get them sued since it was a trademarked term by whoever this bullshit consultant was that they brought in. Hmm. I don't think they need to be too worried. They're really worried about getting sued. I don't think anyone cares (laughs) as much (laughs) to sue them. Uh, so Luke went to meet Chris last night, um, went to the building. Where does he tape? The Rockefeller Center? I don't remember. Yes. That, that's where the studio is. And so he went into the lobby and he name dropped to the security guard that he was, quote, meeting the man on TV, unquote. And I was retroactively embarrassed <sighs> for him. <laughs> he has a name. It makes him sound even crazier if he just calls him the man on TV. The man on TV who's giving me secret messages into my brain. Mm-hmm crazy uh luke decided he would go to the rainbow room so that was what he told the security guard but then his convoluted thought process about making chris wait for him and he made him decide just to go back into the lobby like a minute after he left and then he had to hide from the guard so that he wouldn't know that he had lied about going to the rainbow room (laughs) and so i'm having this mental picture of like luke skulking behind a potted plant when jane fonda and Mm -hmm. gloria steinem come out of the elevator bank (laughs) Um, and Chris reveals that he spends most of his podcast listening time devoted to TBTL. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Have you tried 99% Invisible? I hear that's good. Mm. <laughs> um, let's see. So Luke ate four hot dogs today as part of the ketchup story. I wrote down boring details and Sue. And that is as much as I <laughs> remember about that. <laughs> Other than they went to the uh, soup Nazi hot dog place where they yell at you and threaten to throw you out if you ask for ketchup. And when he mentioned when he was at Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, both Peter Sagal and Bill Curtis kind of burned him over what a basic move it was for them to come to Chicago and go to that place and ask that question. And, oh, we got a couple of throw your phones, just minor things to say that it was, in fact, poppy seeds, Luke, not pumpernickel seeds. I don't think pumpernickel is a kind of seed. Yeah, so, it's like a kind of bread, isn't it? Yeah, I think he yeah. just got his P words mixed up. Uh, then at Wait, Wait, he geeked out over the guest. who was Brian May, guitarist of Queen. Uh, did you guys know that Brian May is an astrophysicist? I mean, Luke's only mentioned it about six or seven times <laughs> over the years. <laughs> and what a cool person he is then he starts talking about how people always try to sing bohemian rhapsody at karaoke but it is always a failure because they're bad and andrew's like seriously people actually try to sing bohemian rhapsody and luke's all yep 
that's a risky gambit, people. I recommend that's why not I, doing that's it. One reason why I won't go or why I don't like to go to karaoke is I get embarrassed for people really mm-hmm. easily. I, I mean, I don't want to see that. It's understandable why people pick it because it's such a great sing-along song. And so when you're in your car and you're belting it out at the top of your lungs, you're like, God, I'm a great singer. And then you get to karaoke and it's just a train wreck. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's just a tricky song. It tricks you into thinking you're you're better singer than you are. Uh, Luke lists his most overused karaoke song besides Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Summer Lovin' from Greece. Ooh. That's tough, too. Yep. Uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which would not be the Cindy Lauper song that I would choose, but it's a it's a fun song. Um, Friends in Low Places and Before He Cheats. Some of those How are good songs. How do people do that? How do people do Girls Just Want to Have Fun? Do they just do that little girl voice? I mean, that's Cindy Lauper's voice. Who else has that voice or can recreate that voice without sounding mocking? <laughs> I assume it's a a bunch of ladies who have had a few drinks. Mm-hmm. Oh, a group deal. Guys. Want to show what a wonderful time they're having with each other. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. I was picturing someone trying to nail it, you know, and oh, I was like, no. no, if uh-uh. you're nailing it, you're probably mocking her voice in some way. I have a cover of that song that I listened to by a man named Greg Laswell, and it's mournful and sad. <laughs> <laughs> And that's one way to cover it without mocking it. It certainly mm-hmm. doesn't. Uh, Just don't it doesn't even do that. Try it turns. To... It becomes really depressing. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't have much of a chorus either, so I think it's it's problematic in a number of ways. But you can't tell those ladies what to do once they've had a, no. a few drinks. Mm. All they want is to have some fun. <laughs> then there is a strange tangent about porn editing in Granada Hills. Was that because one of the donors of the day was from Granada Hills? And Luke tells a weird story about his Trachtenberg family slideshow players documentary that he had to have re, not dubbed, re, whatever into a different format. And he took it out there and the guy had all kinds of audio equipment and Luke asked what it was for. And he was like, yeah, because I thought I was going to make a mint um, editing pornos. And that takes them into a discussion (laughs) of John Ronson and uh, his... Is it a podcast? Is it a, I don't remember, some audio program that's through Amazon that I haven't seen called The Butterfly Effect where he talks about porn and how the advent of internet porn really decimated the industry. I thought it was a documentary, but it could have been. It could have been. I wasn't paying terribly close attention. You know, I go back and forth whether I should, out of protest, not pay attention during to the tangents during the donor breaks because I... <laughs> feel like they shouldn't have to mm-hmm. um, yeah but they still make things happen during those i know it's just sometimes the most interesting content is in the donor breaks and the rest of the show is lame right. but right i don't know then we get to the most frustrating part of friday i thought which is that andrew is going to something called scaryoke tonight at the eagles and he's very anxious because he doesn't like being around people who are dressed in costume and if that's not a weird dislike i don't know what is (laughs) (laughs) but um genevieve's throwing a party the next night so he feels like he needs to go to at least one of those things or he's being a terrible boyfriend which is probably the truth and so he decides that he'll he'll bite the bullet and go to scaryoke but he's wondering if he should wear a jacket and tie 
And if this will make <laughs> him feel better about being with people who are dressed in costume. And no. I'm like, what? what? I don't. Ugh. They're just going to ask him what he is. Just wear a costume. Just throw something on. Put there's a sheet e- over there's your such head. easy costume. <laughs> or just. Yeah, exactly. Just don't dress up at all. Just go as yourself. Right. If you, yeah, if you must, I mean, it's like extra confusing. Like if you, there are people there that you know and have never seen you in a suit and tie, then they'll be like, this has to be a costume. I, everybody else is so interested in their own costume. Nobody's going to be like, Andrew, why aren't you dressed up? Yeah. And plus, he says they're all at least like 20 to 30 years older than him. So they'll be even less interested in what he's doing. Uh, Luckily, Luke feels the same way that we do and tells him just to chill and go with his normal Andrew self, not dressed up Andrew, and he'll be happier for it. You could just tell people he's a shlubby podcaster who works at home. (laughs) Yeah. A top story today is this New York Times article about how when you are exercising and trying to think hard, that um, you are less effective at both of those things. Uh, In the study, they looked at 62 elite collegiate rowers and found that their output in both of those uh, dimensions went down when they tried to do them at the same time. Uh, Luke didn't realize how many calories our brains consume, and he thinks that he could just... (laughs) you know, think his way to fitness. And again, he's not understanding the whole concept of calories per ounce. That idea of volume escapes him. So the brain burns more calories per ounce, but you have a way more muscles in your body, way more volume of muscles. So they are going to burn more total calories, Luke. So now he's thinking that this is just a waste of time to exercise and think his deep thoughts and I was very (laughs) happy that Andrew called him on this BS Um, he was really quite forceful about it I I mean Meredith this is another instance of people taking a very specific scientific finding and generalizing it into a way that doesn't make sense right because when you look at 62 21 year old college rowers and from that Luke thinks that his performance is going to be impacted in some significant (laughs) way. It's just silly. Well, and, you know, just for the record, like our, our, our general metabolism and just keeping ourselves alive and our, all our engines going is what takes up most of our, that's your basal metabolic rate. That's your baseline number of calories, right? Like 2000 is the general guideline, right? For the average person. That's what you need to keep your, that your brain is the engine of your, the rest of your body. And to keep all that going, that's how many calories you need. It's not like you can just think real hard and get thin. (laughs) And that's not what they mean. Yeah. And it makes, this makes more sense to think about this for an elite athlete where sometimes it's fractions of a second are the difference between winning and not even placing. Mm -hmm. But for Luke's jog, I feel pretty confident in saying that's not going to make any significant difference in his calorie burn. Although I have noticed, I I haven't, I don't do this too often anymore because I'm not in school, but I know that when I was studying really hard and working really, really hard, just sitting at my desk after a while would get exhausting and I would feel physically exhausted. Yep. Um, after studying and, and, and that in that way I could identify with the story, but, uh, I don't, I don't, I think you're right. It's not going to affect his run. No. Mm-mm. 
Um, after this, there is a tangent about Paula Poundstone. Oh, yeah, it came because Luke was trying to think of his uh, wait, wait joke on his run. And now, of course, he knows it's just not worth bothering to try and come up with a good joke while he's exercising. But this whole tangent about Paula Poundstone kind of accidentally torpedoing Luke's joke. And then they went on a very strangely long dive about the psychology of Paula Poundstone that I don't want to repeat here. (laughs) But Paula is her own person and she's very happy with that. And would that we could all be like Paula. Yes. Music for your weekend. Andrew chooses The Misfits, American Nightmare. Luke picks Pavement, if only we were still playing bingo. Uh, Box Elder. And listener Brad chooses Cardi B, Bodak Yellow. There's some very tiresome talk about current trends in hip hop and how they have to get back into the scene. Uh, and then Andrew, at the last minute of the show, wants to run the idea of a new game past Luke where they will look at tweets and try to see if they can guess who said the tweets and Luke's like no I don't really want to do that because there's a lot of potential to hurt feelings in fact the people at Little Red Bandwagon are probably playing that game with us already and I was like well all right I can take a good hint (laughs) so I prepared a new LRB game who tweeted it Luke or Andrew (laughs) nice would you guys like to play for a minute Absolutely, sure. Okay, I'm going to start with an easy one. Will someone tell Hugh Jackson that timeouts don't go stale if you don't use them right away? Hashtag Browns, hashtag garbage. Who said it? Andrew. Very good. I'll take Andrew. (laughs) Yes, you are correct. Um, Here's the next one. I wonder if Tom Cruise is into motorcycles. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, Luke. I'll say Andrew. That was Andrew. (laughs) Uh, Next. Uh, Each day brings something unprecedented. Today, it's Mitch McConnell being described as square-jawed. Luke. That's a Luke. Yep, correct. Uh, Last week, the at Seattle Times figured out how to do push notifications, and now I have to throw my phone away. Hmm. I'll take Andrew the news junkie. Yeah. Correct. I keep hearing radio ads for boneless Tuesdays at Buffalo Wild Wings, and it's upsetting me. Andrew listens to the radio more than Luke. Yeah. I'm going to go with Andrew. That is correct. Uh, and, and finally, I think this all also is a pretty easy one. What you going to do with all that junk, all that junk inside your trunk, and also that junk inside your house? I'm Fergie. This is an intervention. Luke. Yeah. Luke. Yes. <laughs> there. I've Good realized game. I've realized their worst fears. <laughs> I love it. We are playing this game about them. You did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that will end the week. All right, housekeeping. Buy stuff from us. It's time. Holidays are here. Sweatshirt uh, weather. Yeah, it's gotten cold in Texas, and I wear wear my hoodie pretty much all the time mm-hmm. until it gets dirty. Then I throw it in the wash, clean it, and put it back on. It's that <laughs> great of a garment, everyone. So, uh, my suggestion to you is buy some stuff for your eleven. 
And when they stare at it and hold it, then you can just take it. Oh, I'm sorry. That was for me. <laughs> um, so like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer bought Marge a bowling ball that had Homer engraved on it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Almost as obvious. Yes. Almost as obvious. Um, help us out with the archive project. Send Christy a uh, message and she can get you on the archiving. When you buy your st- your other Christmas gifts, the ones that aren't t- uh, LRB related, you can go through our link at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. Listen to our friends, our podcast buddies over at Earbuds and Earworms. Halloween special part two uh, just came out today, which is a Sunday. So you're hearing this on a Monday. It's out and get your get your not Monster Mash Halloween party um, music <laughs> there. Also, send us your favorite clips for the end of year show. If you liked it when uh, Ann talked about me clipping or eating my toenails. Eating. Uh, eating well, my technically toenails. clipping your toenails with your teeth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Gross. If, that's, if that was your favorite, then uh, we'll be forced to play it. But I don't suggest, I don't, I, I, I regret suggesting it at this point because I don't want to hear it again. Me neither. Um, if you want to get involved with the show, please go to our website, littleredbandwagon.com. You can send your hug your phone or your throw your phone moments to throwyourphone.com. Uh, we get those and read them all. They send us all an email and they are delightful. Um, visit us on Facebook, our page, and we also lurk around the Stens page quite a bit. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, and why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. But that birthday idea, I can't believe you guys did that. Nailed it.